And welcome to episode 70 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. We're talking Astros cheating scandal. Rob Manfred, he talked about the Strohs yesterday. I mean the cheaters. I mean the asterisks. Whatever you want to call them. We're going to give you the latest on the Astros cheating scandal. And then Antonio Brown, he apologizes to the Patriots. Can Antonio Brown make his way back into the NFL before season's end? LeBron James... He has a triple-double last night, becoming the first player in NBA history to have a triple-double against every team in the league. And then Miles Garrett, his hearing is today. We got a jam-packed show for you guys. Topics on topics, takes on takes here on the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then head to YouTube and watch all the clips from today's episode right over on YouTube. And then most importantly, give me all your takes right down below in the comments section. But we got a jam-packed show for you guys today. Lots to get into, so let's get right into it. It's showtime. Are you ready? What it do, baby? Let's get it on. And we're going to start today with the Houston Astros cheating scandal. To me, this is the biggest story in sports. Right now, this should be leading every single sports show in America. And it just keeps getting worse and worse for the Houston Asterisks, the Houston Trastros, whatever you want to call them. If they're guilty for what they're being accused of at this point, there needs to be held to pay. I'm talking about unprecedented punishments. Anything from postseason bans, for players getting banned without pay for a year to two years, stripping the Astros of the 2017 World Series, vacating a World Series title. That is how severe the penalty could possibly be and Rob Manfred he talked about it yesterday yesterday Rob Manfred he was in Texas he was at the Rangers new stadium checking out the Rangers new stadium he was out there looking like Rob the builder but here's Rob Manfred talking about the Astros cheating scandal any um, allegation that relates to um, a rule violation that could affect the outcome of a game or games is the most serious matter. Um, It relates to the integrity of the sport. Um, In terms of where we are, um, we have a very active, um, what is going to be a really, really thorough investigation um, ongoing. But uh, beyond that, I can't tell you how close we are to done. Right now, um, we are focused on the information that we have with respect to the Astros. I'm not going to speculate on whether other people are going to be involved. We'll deal with that if it happens, but um, I'm I'm not going to speculate about that. I have no reason to believe that it extends beyond the Astros at this point in time. Um, I'm not going to speculate on what the appropriate discipline is that 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 depends on you know how the facts are established at the end of the investigation um the general warning that i issued to the clubs i stand by i mean it certainly could be all those things but um my authority under the major league constitution would be broader than those things as well 
And first thing I want to say to Rob Manfred is whatever is on your calendar right now, like, I don't know, going to visit the Texas Rangers new stadium, going to the owners' meetings, whatever it is, if it does not involve getting to the bottom of this Astros cheating scandal, you throw it out. I don't care if you have weddings to attend, birthday parties. I don't care what it is, Thanksgiving. You need to just scratch everything until you get to the bottom of this scandal because it is pivotal. This is a defining moment, not just for Major League Baseball, but for your career as the commissioner of baseball, and you need to find out what exactly is going on. And one thing's for sure, if Major League Baseball won't out the Astros, the internet will. The internet has come alive and has taken control of this story, thanks to the greats like John Boy. But my favorite thing is all the tweets. The tweets have been nonstop. They have been delivering. My favorite of any of the Astros tweets is by Ben Porter. The Astros dugout when the catcher gives the changeup sign. Ben Porter, man, you're a legend for that one. Love to see that. We could do a whole show on just the best tweets from the Astros scandal. But, hey, getting back to business, the home and away splits are so skewed, it's just ridiculous. If you look at it, if you look at some of this footage of Altuve looking at the third base coach after every single pitch, that's just not normal. It's not normal to hit 472 at home and 143 away. For Carlos Correa, 371 at home, 211 away. McCann, 300 at home, 37 away. .037 hitting away, 300 at home. And then Alex Bregman, 273 at home and 154 away. So those splits do not lie. And also look at the numbers, 8-1 and one at home and 3-6 and six away. Look, you're going to get home cooking, but if you look at this too, this was found in an Astros championship DVD after the game. Look at the players going through the dugout after the game, and they just casually find a guy looks like a young intern. And you know what that means? That means if he's a young intern, he hasn't been working in Major League Baseball that long. That means he's at the World Series living out his dream, and you mean to tell me he's back there watching anything other than the World Series? What is he doing? He's out there playing Fortnite. Is he watching? Is he binging cheaters so he can perfect his craft? I have no idea, but he was definitely watching that game. He's got about three games worth of sunflower seeds right next to him. Oh, and look at that towel. What's that towel doing? Is he drying the towel? Is that a part of his internship duties to dry the towels? Absolutely not. That towel was covering a camera that was positioned to the catcher to relay signs into that dugout. And just look at that place. You got more monitors there than the NASA control room in Apollo 13. Houston, we have a problem. And it gets even worse for the Houston Astros. If you thought the trash can banging was bad, well, this next story is even more buzzworthy. This is from yesterday's piece written by Joel Sherman. In recent days, I've had scouts and executives talk to me about a variety of methods they think have been or could be employed 
such as a realistic-looking electronic bandage placed on a player's body that buzzes in real time to signal what is coming. What he's saying there is that players may have had bandages or wristbands or whatever it is, devices that buzzed in the pitch that was coming. You've got to be absolutely kidding me. At this point, they're sitting at the plate and they're getting buzzed as to what pitch is coming. That's absurd. May as well just put the ball on a tee and let them tee off on it because that is ridiculous. you got guys at the plate and they're looking at the pitcher and all they're hearing is fastball, curveball, change up. If that's what it is, hey, the Killer Bees was supposed to be Bizjo and Bagwell. Hey, well, these are the Killer Bees 2.0, and if they find out that this is true, that they were wearing devices that let them know the pitch that was coming through buzzes, they need to do them like Buzz Lightyear and suspend them to infinity and beyond. I'm telling you, we're talking full year suspensions without pay. This could get ugly, and look, all I'm going to say about this is baseball, you have to do whatever it takes do whatever it takes to deter teams from doing this in the future. Because let's be honest here, baseball is the cheating sport. Baseball is the sport that had the 1919 Black Sox, has Pete Rose. It's the sport that had Gaylord Perry and Whitey Ford. The sport where all the way back in 1900, teams were accused. The Philadelphia Phillies were accused of using electric devices to steal signs all the way back in 1900. You had the steroid era. Do you want baseball to always be known as the cheater sport? Because you have a chance right now, an opportunity right now to lay down the hammer. Because if you don't, teams of the future are going to say, we're going to find the next way to cheat. We're going to do whatever it takes to get a World Series because the commissioner's office and the league is not going to come down on us and we'll get what we want. We'll get all the money, all the fame, all the accolades that come along with being a World Series champion. Now, I'm all for vacating this title. The 2017 World Series should be vacated in my opinion if they find out they're using buzzers, if they were using cameras, if they were breaking the rules on that level, they should vacate the title. Now as much as it hurts me, don't give it to the Dodgers because look, who knows if an American League team that wasn't cheating would have won that title too. So I don't think you could give it to the Dodgers. You couldn't justify that, but at this point you could justify vacating the title, vacating draft picks, taking away international financial spending, whatever it takes to deter teams in the future from doing this. Major League Baseball, the ball is in your court right now. You have to act. And next, we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. They win again last night. The Lakers, they beat the Thunder. And LeBron James, he does something that's never been done in the history of the NBA. He becomes the first player to register a triple-double against every team in the NBA. It was his 86th triple-double of his career. And I know somewhere, Russell Westbrook is yawning and saying, hey, cool story, bro. Call me when you average a triple-double for three straight seasons. But no, King James is getting it done this year. 25 points a game, 7.9 rebounds, 11.1 assists per game. First in assists, 14th in scoring. Defensively, he's bringing the effort. And LeBron James talked about his performance right after the game. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know what what to to think about it, to be honest. Um, I've had some great teammates and great coaches that put me in a position to be able to uh, facilitate um, uh, my teammates have made shots for me throughout my career. Uh, 
coaches have put me in a position to be successful scoring the ball. And I've just tried to, uh, you know, read and react the ball off the rim as far as, you know, getting the rebounds. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, throughout all those triple doubles, I, I hope I got a, a winning record um, in, in those games because that's what's most important. So um, I, I really don't know what to, to really think about it. I think it's, it's just it's, it's a pretty cool stat um, to know. Um, sorry. Uh, it's a pretty cool stat, and uh, I'm glad it happened in a win. And I have to say, LeBron, you look pretty good right now. You don't look like a guy that just came to L.A. to build his media empire. You look like a guy that didn't just come here to film Space Jam 2 and have his show on HBO. You look like a guy that wants to win a championship and win another MVP. And if you look at this Laker team, they've won 11 of their last 12 games. They have two separate five-game winning streaks this season alone. The entire NBA, they have combined for three five-game winning streaks. In the last five years combined, the Lakers have had two five-game winning streaks heading into this year. So one thing's very clear. The Lakers are back. LeBron James is back. And for a guy to be doing what he's doing in year 17, he has the six most minutes played of any player in NBA history, and he's going out there every night, uh, leading the league in assists, 25 a game, and you look at Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, he's 28 years old. LeBron's 34. If LeBron just set the record for having a triple-double against every team in the NBA, Kawhi Leonard's going to set the record for load managing against every team in the NBA. Hey, hey, hey. And I'm starting to think that, hey, maybe we put guys in front of LeBron too early. Maybe Giannis hasn't passed LeBron. Maybe Steph Curry hasn't passed LBJ. Maybe the claw hasn't passed the king because it's clear that he still has a couple good years left he's got another year as an athletic freak and right now there's no doubt in my mind that he's the best player in the NBA right now and how old is he LeBron when do you even turn 35 uh what's today November what 19th. 19th. so about a month about a month and 10 days yeah I'll be 35 yeah I feel and I feel great all right appreciate it And next, we're going to talk about Miles Garrett, who's in New York City today, appealing his suspension. And you all know the story. Last week, Thursday Night Football, he uses Mason Rudolph's helmet as a weapon. And now the question is, will the NFL uphold that indefinite suspension? So right now, he's suspended indefinitely, out for the remainder of the year, and playoffs. Now the question is, does that suspension bleed into next year? Well, now it appears that Miles Garrett is using a precedent-based argument against the NFL, citing a 2013 incident where Antonio Smith hit Richie Incognito with his helmet, and he was suspended two preseason games. So Miles Garrett said, hey, there hasn't been a lot of examples of this happening, but when it did, you got a two-game suspension, and let's not forget, he didn't start the fight. So you have to ask yourself this question. Would Miles Garrett of taking off Mason Rudolph's helmet use it as a weapon if Mason Rudolph didn't try to take Miles Garrett's helmet off first? So we'll never know. But here's Mason Rudolph after practice talking about the incident. Night, um, to say the least, it was an unfortunate situation um, for everyone involved. Um, you know, I, I consider it a privilege, not a right, to be part of the NFL. Um, you know, I, I, got, I have no will. No ill will towards Miles Garrett. Um, great respect for his ability as a player, um, and I know that if, 
you know, if Miles could go back, he would he would handle the situation differently. Um, you know, as for my involvement last week, you know, there's no acceptable excuse. Uh, the bottom line is I should have done a better job keeping my composure in that situation, and uh, it falls short of what I believe it means to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and a member of the NFL. Um, so I understand there's going to be you know a few questions, but uh, you know I think I think it's in the best interest. You know, of our team, my teammates, our coaches to kind of move forward from this and, you know, move things on the Cincinnati Bengals and, and uh, keep keep uh, looking to, uh, you know, try stuff. And you got to give it to Mason Rudolph. He's saying right there, hey, I'm not perfect. I'm not innocent in this situation, and I have no ill will towards Miles Garrett. He just wants to move on, but we can't move on until punishments are doled out for Miles Garrett. Until we get a definitive punishment for Miles Garrett, we're not going to move on. And here's Jeremy Fowler with more details on today's hearing. We are at least hopeful that the way Garrett was provoked in the situation, particularly potentially taking a shot in his groin area from Mason Rudolph. Now, Rudolph would argue, I'm told, that he was grabbing for his helmet, not anything else uh, in the scrum. But they're hoping that that helps Garrett's situation today, and Garrett will likely argue as such. Now, if you're Miles Garrett in this situation, I totally understand what you're doing. You're trying to say, hey, there's Preston here. And if you look at the footage, when Antonio Smith hit Richie Incognito with his helmet, there was no one in between them. It was a faster swing. It was a more violent swing. But you have to understand, this league has evolved since that hit. This is a league where it's all about player safety. It's all about trying to reduce concussions. So the league is different in 2019 than it was in 2013. Look, keep in mind, this is a league where it wasn't even a rule to use your helmet as a weapon back in the day. The helmet rule is known as the Lyle Alzado rule that came about in 1983. In a 1982 divisional playoff game, Oakland Raiders defensive end Lyle Alzado took off New York Jets offensive tackle Chris Ward's helmet and then threw it at him. The result of that altercation was a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. That led to Rule 12, Section 2, Article 16 that specifies the use of a helmet as a weapon. A player may not use a helmet that is no longer worn by anyone as a weapon to strike, swing at, or throw at an opponent. The penalty for illegal use of a helmet as a weapon is a 15-yard and an automatic disqualification. If the foul is by the defense, it is also an automatic first down. So, so the NFL, they need to act accordingly. Yes, thankfully, thankfully, Miles Garrett didn't kill Mason Rudolph. Doesn't mean it wasn't possible. Doesn't mean he couldn't have sustained a serious injury because if he did, then he would be out for longer. So you got to suspend it for the rest of the year, the rest of the playoffs. You can't overturn this. The NFL needs to be strong in this situation because players need to know this is a no-no. Now, if Miles Garrett gets suspended for 16 games, no player will ever, they will never take off someone's helmet and use it as a weapon again. And if they do, they probably had a good reason for it. So if you're a Steelers fan, should Mason Rudolph be suspended? Well, in your case, you would hope maybe a couple games because he struggled all season long. But Mason Rudolph, he's going to be fine. Miles Garrett's going to be back, and you got to feel most for Mason Rudolph because this is what he's going to be remembered for. Mason Rudolph will be remembered for this because he's not a good quarterback. Miles Garrett's going to go on to make more Pro Bowls, all pro teams. Who knows? He could be a Super Bowl champion Hall of Famer one day. That's not in the cards for Mason Rudolph, so that's why I really feel for because this is all we're going to remember him for. 
But before we wrap here, I want to hit you with the Get More Sports Fact of the Day. Back in 1961 and 1962, Will Chamberlain played every minute of 79 NBA games, never coming out for a substitute once the entire year. That's an all-time NBA record for durability in that many games. So no load management for Wilt the Stilt. But that is going to do it for episode 70 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts these days. You guys can follow me at DMAC underscore LA. That's at DMAC underscore LA. And then head to YouTube. Subscribe to that YouTube channel. Hit that notification button and give me all your takes right down below in the comment section. But see you guys Friday. We got a jam-packed show for you guys on Friday. Have a great rest of your day, and I'm out.